right. Well, Kevin Barker, no doubt spurred on by the confidence shown in them by their general manager at the trade deadline, the Toronto Blue No Jays. question. <laughs> no question. 13 games over 500 with a 3-1 win over the Tampa Bay Rays. Kevin Gossiman, what are you shaking your head for? <laughs> I'm laughing at you. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Kevin Gossman, uh giving up one hit over eight innings. And uh, a couple of two-out hits making the difference. Bo Bichette's two-out single in the first inning. And then Danny Jansen's two-out single in the ninth. Turned out to provide the winning margin after Jordan Romano gave up a leadoff home run in the ninth inning. So the Jays start this nine-game road trip with a 3-1 win over Tampa Bay. Game two is an early one tomorrow at 12-10 on Sportsnet 590, the fan. And on Sportsnet. But it is, of course... Trade deadline day, the Blue Jays making some depth acquisitions, I guess would be the way to put it. Ross Atkins talking about uh, the importance of controllability, and they got a couple of relievers in Anthony Bass and Zach Pop and and Whit Merrifield uh, and, and Mitch White. So they added some depth, but... I think, as John Paul Morosi said in the telecast, and other people have said in the telecasts uh, and during the trade deadline day coverage, uh, Ross Atkins got a couple of arms that are better than what he has right now. He A, a couple of arms, I should say, that are better than the middle relief he has right now. Uh, they added Whit Merrifield, who, if he gets vaccinated, um, will, uh, and I'm sure he, I mean, you've got to think by I mean, I'm hoping the Jays have some sort of idea what the hell's going on with Whit Merrifield. He didn't accompany Kansas City to Toronto, obviously, because of uh, because he was unvaccinated. Um, but he suggested that if he was traded to a contending team, he would get vaccinated. So even if that's the case, the Jays, uh, you know, unless he's already had one shot, it could be a, it could be a few days before he's capable. Uh, or I should say, he won't be able to cross the border. Uh, you wouldn't think until maybe. Uh, you know, until until a little later. Luckily, they do have nine games on the road. And Kevin will open the phone lines at four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety five ninety five ninety is the text line. It's your first chance to respond to what the Jays did at the trade deadline. I had my say on uh, Tim and friends and on uh, Fan Drive. Kevin, what say you about? Uh, Ross Atkins' activity at the trade deadline. Well, I, I think he did exactly enough to to make the playoffs. Now, to make a deep run and win the World Series, no, I, I haven't changed my mind. I've said this since day one that that right-handed lineup is good enough to make the playoffs, make a decent run, but not go deep enough to win the World Series. I'm sticking with that, and you know, still with the acquisitions of Bass and Pop. You still are going to have to, if you're the manager and the pitching coach of the Toronto Blue Jays, you're going to have to think an inning ahead. There, there is no no-brainers in that bullpen. I guess Jordan Romano is the only one that he's getting the ninth inning. Everywhere else, you know, you got to figure out how you're going to use Pop. He's a ground ball guy. I know he throws hard, but he is a fastball with a little bit of movement. He keeps the ball on the ground. He's not a swing and miss guy. Anthony Bass. Look, the, 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 you know, the teams that he faced this year, are, you know, aren't teams that are in the American League East a lot. So 
what are you going to get from him? Again, it just gets back to you. You're, you're, as the manager, you're going to have to do a really good job of matching up. Nothing's changed. This is my point here. You know, Ross did enough to to help them get to the playoffs, to make a serious run at it. No, this is not a finished product, this team. We, we yeah. know that. Like, it needs but, better. It needs a better starter. It needs better from the sixth inning on, power arms. It needs a lefty, if not two lefties in the lineup, maybe one that can hit second in front of Vladdy, behind George. Whit Merrifield, I, I'm going to raise my hand and say I have no idea why he's here. Like, I, you know, again, I, I understand the George Springer, Springer saga. What he's going through, we have no idea. I mean, it seems serious because he's not playing. That's all I know. He's not playing. How are you going to make up for that? I didn't know Whit Merrifield was this good of a center fielder that this is why you're bringing another right-handed bat to play for the Blue Jays. That, for me, I, I mean, if he was hitting 340, that would make sense. But he's hitting 240 with six and 40-some RBIs. It's not like he's changing the game offensively or defensively, so I'm not real sure about that. But. Again, I don't mind the two pitchers that he brought in. Those are going to make their team a little bit better in the bullpen. They throw harder. That gives uh, John Snyder a couple of more options. Mitch White, look, he's a Max Castillo. I like it. There's no difference there. So those two sort of uh, cancel themselves out. And the Whitmerryfield, I've, I've already said, I, I'm not real sure I understand that. But he's here. Now you try and move on. You try and have some. I'll say this. If their starter looks the way this one looked tonight, it'll make all these other little things not matter as much. Yeah, and uh, I think you're right. Look, this team is already in a playoff spot. Um, I, I think what, what Ross Atkins did was, frankly, the bare minimum here. Um, he needed to make the bullpen better. My question about this is you couldn't get Zach Pop and Anthony Bass six weeks ago? It's a great I, question. I, I, I mean, maybe you, have to pay, maybe you have to pay more of a premium, but, you know, I'm, that was my first reaction and the other reaction is and and i know you you can't necessarily base a team's trade deadline and what other teams do around it everybody's doing their own thing and everybody has their own payroll and everybody has their own marching orders but it's pretty hard to not look around and say every other team that the blue jays will run up against either in the playoffs or you know at some point on the road to the playoffs most of them have gotten better now most of them have improved more than the Blue Jays have improved. That That's the way I would put it. You look at the Yankees, they've improved more than the Blue Jays have improved. Seattle, they've improved more than the Blue Jays have improved. Notice what I'm saying. I'm not saying that they're better than the Blue Jays, but I'm saying they've improved themselves to a greater degree compared to the Blue Jays. 416-870-0590, star 590, 888 the Blue Jays beating the Rays. You want to talk about the game tonight? You want to talk about Kevin Gossman? Absolutely, but my sense is that most people, such as Dane, want to talk about the trade deadline. Dane, go ahead. Hey, guys, how you doing tonight? Doing good, man. Good, good. Uh, no, I just, wanted, I just want to tell everyone, maybe we uh, pump the brakes a little here. Uh, that Yankee squad they got over there is one of the all-time. And uh, I think the moves they made at the deadline here, they make sense. Whit Merrifield's got a bit of a track record, a bit of pedigree there. Some of the advanced metrics might say he's going to be unlucky, a bit unlucky this year. Uh, and I love Espinal as much as the next guy, but I think he's an upgrade up the middle. And if he can fill in uh, in center field a little bit for Springer, who's out, great. Uh, we know what Bass can do. Maybe he gets you a couple outs in the uh, the late innings. And uh, as as far as Zach Pop, we got to give him a couple weeks here. 
I've never seen him pitch. I mean, let's not write this guy off uh, before he even gets the Blue Jays uniform on. Well, nobody's nobody's writing him off, but I think the question is, that, you know, th- this would have been a nice acquisition if they'd also got Gregory Soto or if they'd got Joe Jimenez. Like, nobody's doubting that these two arms are better than some of the guys they have right now in the bullpen. That's, I mean, that's apparent. You and I can look at the Jays' bullpen, and we can cross two guys off the list right away, and no one would miss them. Um, and, and, and both Anthony Bass and Zach Pop. Uh, you know, would 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 be a more than capable improvement. I mean, they've got better stuff than those guys. That's not that's just that's not a question. But is it enough to just simply address your middle relief? Uh, I I think like well, I know that people around the team, I know players, I know the coaching staff. They expected more. Uh, you know, I I keep telling people this. There is a reason that AJ Hinch when he was here. Did not use the bulk of his bullpen in the past two games. He's basically inviting you to come and get it. He's basically inviting you to come and get Joe Jimenez or Michael Fulmer, who ended up with the Twins. And I think that's that. That's the thing that most people will look at here. People expected more. People expected more. People expected Ross Atkins to make a move where you could look at this team and say, you know what, if they do get into the American League Championship Series or any playoff series, they're a little, you know, they're a little harder to beat. They match up a little better against other teams, and I, I think, you know, I I certainly expected more. I'm not saying that I don't like these moves; they're fine, but I'd like it better, or I'd like them better if there was something else. I mean, if if you bring in Whit Merrifield, I, I'm okay with that as long as I've got. Somebody with swing and miss stuff at the back end of the bullpen. That's what I wanted. You can bring 15 Whit Merrifields in. I don't care, but I want somebody with swing and miss stuff at the back end of the bullpen, Kevin. Well, I like Dane's the, the way he started the conversation by saying that the Yankees are really good. Maybe that's why Ross went out and did what he did and didn't do as much as everybody thought he was going to do because well, the Yankees that's and the Astros point. are so much better than everybody else in the American League that it will be very hard at a trade deadline to get exactly what you need to get to match up. Well, it didn't. but Didn't uh, stop Minnesota, didn't stop Seattle, didn't stop Tampa. Hell, even Boston stopped their rebuild, or not their rebuild, but even Boston put the brakes on dumping guys. Maybe that says says more about the Blue Jays' uh, minor league system than, you know, what what we've been saying about it here in the past, whatever. I think that's couple of months is maybe it's not as good as we thought it was i think that's pretty fair i certainly don't think it's as deep as as uh as as, as people like to let on and look every organization tops up their it talks up their minor league system they just do uh that maybe that's 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 part of the deal but you do have to ask yourself yeah i understand i suppose not wanting to give up uh any of your top prospects i i will say this you know, if, if two years ago you told people that Jordan Groshans was going to be moved at the trade deadline for Anthony Bass and, and Zach Pop, would, you would have been laughed at. I would have called at. you nuts. Uh, exactly. You would have been laughed at. So, uh, you know, I guess it's just a reminder of the approximate value of, uh, of, uh, of, prospect, of prospect rankings. Adam in Toronto, you're on Blue Jays Talk. Um, look, guys, I'm, uh, oh, first of all, Cause Gosman today. What an absolute gem. Got to give yeah. huge shout outs to him, man. That was, mm-hmm. that was just filthy. Um, but I'm I'm severely disappointed, guys. Like um, the guys they got, they're, I'm with you, uh, Jeff. They're they're meh. Like they're they're good for the seven eight inning, which is what we needed. 
a Whit Merrifield, I don't know. We have a million right-handed batters, and we just got another one for some reason. And but, most of them are vaccinated, or all of them are vaccinated. So. Yeah, I, and I feel like, you know, I feel like, yeah, we just we have we have enough right-handed hitter. I feel like the Whit Merrifield thing, guys, was kind of a, it was coming close to 6 p.m., and Ross hadn't done anything yet other than the bullpen guys. Mm-hmm. He, and the Royals just kind of called up and said, hey, you want Whit? And he said, okay, yeah, because it looks terrible if I don't do this. Um, I'm okay with that, but like it just the moves are okay. But the problem is that everybody above us got better, and everybody below us got better, and we like we got a little bit better. But like the, like like he was saying that the Twins got better, Seattle stocked up, the Yankees got even better than they were, which is I don't know how that's possible. Houston got better. It's just like you know how many times throughout this team's history can you say at the trade deadline and before the season starts that this team has a serious shot at winning the World Series? It's not often. I get Ross trying to protect the farm, but you know these these opportunities do not come every day where you have a serious shot at a World Series, and I I just feel like they worsen their chances, guys. Um, yeah. And it's just it's it's just disappointing as a fan because like all that hype all week is oh they're going to make big moves, big moves, and it just it's so underwhelming. But uh, you know, good win tonight, and uh, appreciate you guys taking my call. Love the show as always. Thank you, man. No, we we appreciate it. Listen, that that's. The, the, this is what what is kind of puzzling to me, uh, you know, and I don't want to hear from anybody. And, and and thankfully, so far, we haven't at least and I haven't checked the outer reaches of Twitter. Uh, but, you know, we're not going to get the whole, oh, my God, uh, Ross and Mark never want to give up prospects. They overvalue their minor leaguers. But that's not the case. They give up their prospects all the time. They did it with Matt Chapman. They did it last year with Jose Barrios. They're not afraid to move their top prospects. So this says to me, Kevin, if I've got an organization that's not afraid to move its top prospects, generally, uh, an organization that is, you know, top the wild card race right now, an organization that has obvious needs, this would say to me that, you know what, other teams may look at the Jays minor leaguers and go, yeah, they're not all that. You know, the, 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 the one guy in the minor league... That, Last year at the trade deadline, all we heard was the Jays were blown away by how much interest there was in Aralvis Martinez. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this year what we're going to hear is they were, I guarantee we're going to hear they were blown away by how much interest there was in, in Ricky Tiedemann. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm okay with not moving Ricky Tiedemann. Ricky Tiedemann could be Alec Manoa. Like, honestly, I would, no I'm, I'm okay with not moving Ricky Tiedemann. I'm, I'm fine there. But, you know, that, that's what would concern me here is this team – clearly didn't have enough depth to make to the point where they could go to a team and say, look, we don't want to give you Gabriel Moreno, but we'll give you three guys. You know, we'll give you our 10, 11, 12 prospects or whatever, or our 8, 9, 10 prospects. Clearly, they don't have the depth to do that. That's what other teams did at the trade deadline. Look at the number of moves teams made where they didn't use their top choice. Look at the move the Yankees made. The Yankees didn't move their top, their top draft pick or their top, their top prospect. They didn't have to because they had a bunch of other guys that other people wanted. The Jays don't have those bunch of other guys that other people want. Well, that's, may, that's the only maybe conclusion you can draw from it. Well, if you're the if you're a Blue Jays fan, I, I think you hope it's that because if it's the other, which means that the front office thinks that the team's not good enough to beat the Yankees, the Astros, and make a serious run at, at the big boys in the National League now, the Padres and the Dodgers, that maybe they think okay, adding a Noah Syndergaard's not good enough or a Michael Former. That, those those. Those moves are not good enough. So I'm hoping what you said is more true than what I'm saying. 
Let's go to the text line. Robbie from Georgina. Could you see Nate Pearson becoming the power arm in the bullpen? Do you think Pearson may have influenced the Jays' approach at the deadline? Uh, I mean, good question, Robbie. Uh, you know, I, I've been seeing Nate Pearson as the possible power arm in the bullpen for, it seems like, three years. Uh, you know, maybe. I, I just operate under the assumption that, you know, when Nate Pearson shows up, he shows up. Would it surprise me if we see him at some point this year? No. Would it surprise me if we don't see him at all the rest of the year? No. I mean, it just wouldn't. I, I Nate Pearson, to me, is... Um, out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. Yeah, it's not a factor right now. Uh, Steve from Guelph. How can Atkins with a straight face say he is so excited about his moves today? They're a team with a three-game lead in the wild card who needed a top-end starter regardless of the trade deadline, and the best they could do is Mitch White. I go to a lot of games, spend money along with a lot of others. They're acting so NL Central. This is a big, mar- big market with big support. Never been so disappointed as a lifelong Jays fan today. Don't even get me started why Bo is so untouchable from the field, the front office mind boggling. We don't know if Bo is untouchable. We don't. You know, I, I had, had this discussion with someone today. They said, well, uh, I can't believe, I can't believe the Jays wouldn't trade Bo, wouldn't trade Bo Bichette for Juan Soto. Anybody ever ask anybody whether or not the Nationals view Bo Bichette the same way we do? It's entirely possible the Nationals like C.J. Abrams more than they like Bo Bichette. I mean, it really is. I, I, I can't, can't say it any other way. And if you compare the, you, know, you compare the package that, that San Diego gave up uh, to get one, so the Jays can't do that package because nope. they don't have that quality of minor leaguer. They just don't. They don't. They don't have a, qu- a quality of minor leaguer at the same age level that the San Diego Padres, the San Diego Padres gave them basically a bunch of guys, including three who will probably be in the majors this year or next year. Jays can't do that. They, 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 they just can't do that. So it's not so much that Bo Bichette is untouchable. And as a matter of fact, we'll talk about this tomorrow in Blair and Barker. You know, I, I still think at some point this offseason, you know, the Jays have got, they got to have a sit down and figure out what they're going to do with Teoscar, Bo, and Vladdy. They've had no traction with Teoscar in contract negotiations. I don't know what they've done with Bo and Vladdy. I don't know how serious they've been. Certainly not enough to the point where the players are excited about it and would consider signing. So, you know, we'll have the Bo Bichette discussion at, uh, at, some, point, at some point down the road. 416-870-0590, star 591, triple A, triple six, zero five nine. I want to go to Johnny in Vancouver, then we'll take a break. Johnny, go ahead. Hey guys, uh, before I say anything about the trade deadline, I'm just going to say I'm a huge fan of the both of you. I uh, listen to all your podcasts. So keep Thank up you, man. Work. I appreciate yeah, it. Thank you so we much. appreciate it. Uh, I just want to give this uh, trade deadline a letter grade. I think it's a uh, give them a C here. And they were simply one sexy reliever away from going up to a B or B plus. Something to get the fans really excited. You know, like you couldn't go out and get a Joe Jimenez or, uh, you know, throw in Josh Dalmont with, with, with Mirfield or Scott Barlow. It just kind of doesn't make sense. You know, it's enough to, that C is enough to not get your parents too mad at you, but you know, nothing, to, <laughs> nothing to get you into a good college. And uh, that's, that's going to playoffs here. And, uh, you know, we're going to make the playoffs probably, but to make some noise, you need some, some extra horses. And we just came up short on that. So scratching my head, but uh, I guess, you know, Ross will have answers. So you gave him a C. Bark, what would you give him? I'd give him a C minus. I know what Bark is going to give him. Give him that Virginia Tech D. You want to give him that D. 
Come on, man. I, I, I do. Well, yeah. Why, why not? If you, would you give him C minus? Why not? C minus. I'll, I'll give That's him. Kind of I'll a give him a chicken. D. You know what things do. It, it is. It is. I, well, I'm giving. Again, I'm giving Ross marks marks for penmanship. Let's put it I, that I, way. I like. I like the two relievers that they got in, in Bass and Pop. I have no idea why you got White and Merrifield. That, that that's the two things for me that I shake my head a little bit because you need a little bit of depth. If if you gave up something else to get Mitch White instead of Max Castillo. Like, you need a, li- a little bit of depth. They obviously have none at the minor league level, but Max seemed like he, you know, had an idea of what he was doing to give you at least a chance to win a game and, and maybe give you an, a, a, a little bit of room to maybe back off one of your main guys and give him a little bit of a break. But now they really can't do that, and that for me is a little bit of a head-scratcher. But since you talked me into it, I'll give him a D. <laughs> I talked you into giving him a worse mark than I did. <laughs> You're welcome. See, now I feel bad. You should. Now I feel bad. <laughs> 416, well, you know, not really bad, but 416-870-0590, star 590, one 590 The Blue Jays beating the Tampa Bay Rays 3-1 tonight. Danny Jansen, a big two-run single in the ninth inning. The difference in this game, well, no. The difference in this game was Kevin Gossman was outstanding. Ten strikeouts. uh, Retired, what, 14 in a row after hitting Isaac Paredes with the pitch. uh, Flirting with a no-hitter. 94 pitches. 44 splitters. 50 fastballs uh, against against the Rays lineup. And uh, the second game of the series goes tomorrow at 12.07. Then it's off to Minnesota. Then it's on to Baltimore. And if there is a uh, a positive, I guess, out of this trade deadline for the Jays, it's the fact that the Baltimore Orioles, whom they play 15 games against, and who have been one of the real surprise teams this year, traded one of their best hitters and their closer today. And, uh, yeah, just kind of, I don't know what they did. It was like they took four steps sideways in doing it. I understand. Listen, I understand that the Orioles are in, in a mode right now where they're just collecting quantity. They want as many players as many pitchers as they possibly can going forward and goodness knows the the way they've been able to find relief pitchers this year I certainly wouldn't quibble with that that approach in their part but in in the short term at least it should play into the Blue Jays hands we'll take a break and come back with more this is Blue Jays talk on Sportsnet 590 the fan and the Sportsnet radio network and field back outfield lineup straight away Jansen swings and he bloops it, shallow to center field, racing back low. Here comes Siri, he dives and he can't make the catch! In to score, Hernandez! Toppy is flying around third, he wants to score! Here's the throw, not in time! The Blue Jays played a pair! Two-run blue pit into shallow center field, just out of the grasp of Jose Siri, and the Blue Jays extend their lead, 3-0 in the ninth. Hey, Siri, play two-run single for me. The uh, Blue Jays beating the Rays 3-1 in the first of two games. Tomorrow's game is a 12-10 first pitch from Tropicana Field. And uh, after that, the Jays will go on to Minnesota to play the uh, play the Twins and then the Baltimore Orioles. And now the Bet365 standings update. With Bet365, you can bet in things like player props, totals, or the money line across many different sports. 19 plus play responsibly on 
Ontario only. As we take a, a quick look around the American League East, the New York Yankees are 70 and 34. Toronto's 58 and 45. We mentioned 13 games over 500 for the first time this year. They're 11 and a half back. They're now four up in the wild card. Tampa Bay's 54 and 49. Baltimore's 52 and 51. And uh, the Red Sox are 52 and 52. The Seattle Mariners, keeping in mind the Mariners and Yankees are not over. 7 6 for the Mariners over the Yankees right now. Baltimore is beating Texas 6-1. to one. Boston's up 2-1 to one on Houston. So those standings, uh, obviously, the Jays and Rays are, uh, is, the only game, is the only game completed right now. But, Kevin, this is, uh, you know, this, this, if you can put a little bit of separation or get a little bit of separation between yourself and the Rays in this series, that's, that's not a bad thing because the Rays are going to get healthy at some point. They're not there right now. But uh, so uh, a win tomorrow with Yusei Kikuchi on the mound uh, would uh, it would it would certainly be a good way to come out of the trade deadline. No, no question. Well, it'd be interesting to see Yusei Kikuchi have back-to-back starts where he's locating the heater, you know, and and won't fall off the tracks if he throws a couple of bad ones in a row. So it'd be interesting to watch Danny Jansen catching him tomorrow. I'm sure that's going to be a theme every time he pitches. But if he maintains the velocity, don't fall off the tracks. You'll give him a chance, hopefully. Go back to the phone lines, Jeffrey and Fergus, as opposed to Fergus and Jeffrey. How you doing? <laughs> Not bad, guys. Not bad. Um, yeah, I, I was telling the uh, the uh, screener there earlier. I said I think I, I thought I was going to be the minority that was happy with the trade deadline, but I think I might be the only one. <laughs> uh, I uh, guys, um, going back maybe a month or two ago when uh, Toronto signed. Sergio Romo and I like I looked at that on my phone I'm like wow okay uh I, I said to myself then I said geez Toronto's just tinkering here a little bit they they they're happy with what they have on the field right now and uh they're just trying to tinker their bullpen because that seems to only be the that seems to be the only cancer spot really on the team so I started to look at the team guys and I won't ramble on forever just really quickly though um there's been a few years now even when we got into that one game playoff uh, or two-game playoff, whatever it was, against Tampa a few years ago. We kept talking. A lot of people were talking about starters and who you were going to have in game one, who you are going to have in game two. I don't think Toronto has that problem anymore. I think they have I think they have one, two, possibly three guys that you would be comfortable with in a, in a game one. Uh, you have a guy at the hot corner in Chapman at uh, third base who's great defensively. The team, is good de- the team is good defensively overall. You made your manager change that was – a long time coming probably and lastly is you have a few game changers in there not just one in like vladdy or someone you have two or three game changers there that can that can turn the game around in two seconds regardless of if they bat left right or switch handed so i'm very happy and very comfortable with uh with the team and uh the bullpen is is solidified now if i was john schneider and pete walker and those guys i'd be happy with the bullpen now four or five guys you can look down and say yeah we know what's coming thanks for taking my call i appreciate the call there's an optimist and i have to say there are people i'm just looking at the text line right now uh joe and thunder bay he agrees with you he thinks that all the basic needs were covered he likes the fact that the blue jays uh, were able to retain their prospects and there are there are a lot of people who feel that way. there are a lot of people who feel that way 
uh, I shouldn't say a lot of people. There are there are people though who feel that way, and they've made themselves clear in the text line as well. Overwhelmingly, though, I think people expected more. And I look, Kevin, I I get this. You know that it's just because the Jays were quote unquote connected with the player doesn't mean that discussions were ever serious. You know, sometimes I think we need we in the media need to take a step back here. Like, I'm sure Ross Atkins called about Juan Soto. Does that mean that the Jays were, quote-unquote, interested in Juan Soto? No, it means he called on Juan Soto. What's it going to take? Jesus, that's a lot. Bye. Click. <laughs> I, I mean, really, we, 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 need to, we need to be a little careful when we, we start trying to imagine trades that were, were made or were not made. You know, I think you have to look at the evidence at hand. And this is what I keep reminding people about Ross Atkins and, by extension, Mark Shapiro. You know, they will trade their top prospect. I've, I've repeated this. They've done it in the past. There is evidence that suggests that Ross Atkins is not afraid to move a top prospect. They will spend money, sometimes foolishly. But they will spend money. We know from Justin Verlander, for example. This isn't Jeff Blair talking or Ken Rosenthal or Jeff Passan or an, an, uh, an anonymous source. Justin Verlander is on the record as saying, hey, my decision came down to Houston and Toronto. So <laughs> we know that the Jays are aggressive. We know that they're not afraid to get rid of – or not get rid of, but they're not afraid to move prospects – that's why this trade deadline surprises me a bit because I approached it with the understanding that the Jays have done this in the past, and I'm wondering what it says that they didn't do it now. You did it last year. Wasn't enough to go to the playoffs. This year you're in the playoffs. You're looking to add to go on a run in the postseason. Going on a run in the postseason means more home games. More home games means more revenue. It means more TV revenue. So to me, this either says one of two things. One, the Jays prospects or the Jays minor leaguers aren't. Other teams don't value the Jays minor leaguers as much as the Jays do. Or two, Ross Atkins just decided that on balance, you know what? It's not worth sacrificing any of my future right now. For this postseason, when I look at the American League and say that, really, what am I, what am I doing here? Am I going to beat the Yankees? Probably not. Am I going to beat Houston? Probably not. Now, you can't come out and say that publicly. But I'm saying that those are the only conclusions you can draw from this. Kevin. Well, I, I would think it's a little above. I think you got to be realistic. I, I think just by watching what he's done so far at the trade deadline, the two things that he did in the bullpen are good enough to get them, help them get to the playoffs. That made their bullpen better, but that's about the gist of it. Uh, John Schneider was asked after the game today about the addition of Whit Merrifield. The other additions are self-explanatory. The Jays needed bullpen arms. They got arms, two arms that are better than the two arms they're going to be replacing in the bullpen. That's, that move is understandable. I think the Whit Merrifield move may have caught a few people off guard. Let's uh, let's hear what the manager says about it. Like we've said, man, we're confident with our team. We have a really good team with the guys that are in here right now. We just made it better. So we're excited moving forward with the additions we made. Um, I think it's 
nothing but nothing but good when you surround a really good team with more really good players so we're excited you know the i think the way that we're rolling right now and you get contributions from a lot of different people in a lot of different ways adding a guy like that with his versatility and skill set you know i think it just adds it's a good problem to have so um you know with a with a full roster you know it's it's a cool thing to, to have and it's it's some tough decisions but i think it's they're good, tough decisions to make when you have someone like that coming in. It didn't really say how he planned on using him there, but you know, I think most people assume that it'll be in a, a utility role, uh, you know, center field. Again, we just don't know about George Springer. We we don't know about George Springer. He didn't play today. Uh, it's a third game. It's a day after an off day that George Springer hasn't been able to play. You got to have some worries about that. Uh, maybe Whit Merrifield helps out there. That may be Kevin White, you know, right-handed bat, whatever. They just needed another bat, knowing that George Springer may end up going on the IL or something like that. Uh, would you have liked another bat, a better bat? Yeah. Would you like an Ian Happ type? Yeah. But that clearly didn't come about. Nobody else traded for Ian Happ either. So uh, that, and, and and I will say this. Of all the teams out there, the team that had the most confusing trade deadline is the Chicago Cubs. Like, how they still have Wilson Contreras, I have no idea. The only thing I can surmise is that they hung on to him too long and Jed Hoyer outthought himself, and the market for catchers disappeared the second Christian Vasquez was traded to the, the, uh, to the Houston Astros. The Tigers, you thought, would have gave up some, some arms too and, and would have taken yeah, a step you know in, what, in a though? different direction. Yeah, I thought about that. I thought about that because, look, we thought, I'm just going to say it. There are people in the coaching staff who thought they were going to end up with Joe Jimenez or Gregory Soto this weekend. They thought they were going to be in the plane going with them. I mean, I'll come out and say it. I mean, they did. They did. But I look at it from the Tigers' point of view. What's everybody trying to add at the trade deadline? Pitching. Relievers. And the Tigers are looking at this going, you know what? Hopefully, guys like Casey Mize and, and those guys can come back. We found something in Tarek Scrubel, and we got a bullpen that can go toe-to-toe with anybody. So maybe the Tigers, uh, Al, uh, you know, Avia stood back and just said, um, we're not getting blown away here. I'll, I'll keep these arms. I'll keep these arms, and I'll roll into next year with them or go into the offseason with all these arms and maybe try to put, put a deal together in the offseason. Because keep in mind that a lot of the stuff that – a lot of the, the discussions that happen at the trade deadline that don't materialize in trades at the trade deadline, they end up being revisited at the winter meetings. And that's part of this process is getting intelligence. Like, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, the Jays had never had any intention of trading Bo Bichette, but I'd be willing to bet today they have a better understanding of what teams might be willing to give them for Bo Bichette just out of, by the course of conversations that they've had. Probably. And that's all part of the process. It, it will be, but it'd be interesting to see how they handle the Blue Jays, Alec Manoa, and, and Ross Stripling down the stretch, well, and even yes. Kevin Gosman. Like yep. Kevin Gosman last year sort of ran out of steam. Now he was tipping yes, some pitches did. and all those kind of things, but that that could be a thing. And you add the mental part of that where it's a grind and every pitch matters as much as it's going to matter. You're going to have to figure out ways to give these guys some breaks, and, and how do they do that? Because depth, we all know, it ain't there. So they're going to have to figure out ways to massage it around, and, and hopefully they score more runs. That'll help, too. Shlomo and Scarborough, you want to talk about uh, Max Castillo? Yeah, well, a couple of things. I think Ross did a pretty good job with the trade deadline. Um, 
I was reading some tweets, one from Tawit Steve, and that's how you pronounce his name, and then another one, I can't remember right now, another big American journalist. They were saying that the Blue Jays had a little bit of a disadvantage with the restrictions and that other GMs uh, smell blood and, you know, they'll, they, they have to pay a steeper price. So that was the first part of my question. Do you guys think we overpaid at all in this deadline because of our situation? And the second is, do you think that uh, this trade deadline, because we didn't move guys like Horowitz or guys like um, Tiedemann and Zulueta, if I'm pronouncing his name right, like, does this have more to do with us valuing Martinez, all these guys, too high to move for what's available? Because we did pay a big cost with Castillo. I thought he was great. Apart from that first start against the Yankees, he looked really good, and we're losing a lot of depth with getting rid of him. So that's kind of my question in a nutshell. But I am happy with what they did, all things considering. Yeah, I, I, think I don't that... – uh... sorry, go ahead. Sorry, no, I was going to say, I was going to just summarize. They had the toughest ask than any other GM in the game, in my opinion. I appreciate the call. I don't, I don't know if I would necessarily agree with that. Um, you know, as far as the vaccine situation goes, uh, there are enough players who've been vaccinated that you could put together a trade package if you were the Blue Jays. Did it have an impact? I mean, they traded for a guy that wasn't vaccinated. So I don't know how, how much of an impact that had. But they traded for a guy who wasn't vaccinated. So clearly there was, you know, there wasn't a huge level of dif- discomfort necessarily with that. Uh, and, and I understand everybody, you know, everybody, every player is entitled to his own opinion. And, and as far as the minor leaguers go, it, I mean, Shlomo, they would not be the first organization to overvalue, uh, to overvalue their minor leaguers. Kevin, we talked about that. that that's entirely possible. I just think that it's not so much how you value your top three or four guys. It's what's down in the bottom. Because, again, the, a lot of the deals that get made involve guys who are in the lower, lower, lower ends of your prospect pool. And it's pretty clear the Jays don't have the same depth down there that other teams did. I'm, I'm not sure we'll ever know the answer to that. Like, how would you ever know unless they're they're making big-time trades for big-time guys? Like, that's that's sort of the, that's the, only, the yeah. only way you know, and they didn't do it. So I, I'm, There's we're, no, we're, that's we're making an no educated guess. Anything. Well, absolutely not. So we're making an educated guess about that. I do wonder about the Jordan Groshans thing and, and what other teams thought of that. You know, I know they got back some uh, some control with the, with the two pitches that they got. That's a big deal. So that would add value to the guy that you're giving up. But Jordan Groshans, again, it gets back to, you know, it's in the eye of the beholder. Uh, what other teams think of your prospects is not always what you think of your and, prospects. Yeah, and I'm going to say this about Max, about Max Castillo. The message I took away from that is the Jays' minor league depth is so bad. Like, that's the type of deal where you would normally include a guy like Thomas Hatch or Anthony Kay. Their minor league depth is so bad that they actually got rid of a guy who could help them. That's the way I look at it. Uh, 3-1, the Blue Jays beating the Tampa Bay Rays. 12-10 is the first pitch tomorrow. Mr. Barker and myself will get you set for it. And Blair and Barker from 10 to 12 on Sportsnet 590. The Fan 360 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball. Served up, as always, by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side, baseball fans. 